Hey, we're here. I'm Chris. To my right, it's Teresa. And to my left, it's Sean. And we're the fans of The Forge. And today we are covering Forged in Fire Season 7, Episode 11, The Barbarian Spatha. But first things first, Sean, what you drinking? I am drinking Pilsner Urkel. Look at that. The original oh. Pilsner, it says on there. Brewed in, brewed in the Czech Republic. Yeah, how about that? Mm, interesting. Yeah. How is it? It's delicious. Yeah? Yeah, it's good. Very easy to drink. And what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, Naughty Nurse Amber Ale by mm. City Steam Brewery. Local. Yeah. Nice. nice. Good stuff. Big one. Make your own six pack. Of course. <laughs> and I am drinking a fine Colorado ale. Breckenridge Brewery, Vanilla Porter. It's very, very good. Yeah. My neighbor gave that to me because they don't drink beer. People bring beer over to their house, and they're like, we don't drink it. Here, they gave me like six beers. I can't complain about that. Yeah, I know. All righty. Well, with that said, let's get right into our episode. Teresa? So we have Alex Horn with 10 years of experience, full-time. Um, Kevin Berkman, 30 years of experience, part-time. Pat Biggins, 15 years, part-time. And Mike Benton, 15 years, part-time. And we do need to mention, Pat Biggin is somebody we interviewed. How about that? A long time ago when he was on Knife or Death. And at the time, he had told us about how he had tried for multiple seasons to get on Fortune Fire. So we're glad he finally made another yeah. episode. Um, they had to make the... Is it Pugio? Yes. Pugio, Pugio dagger. dagger. Uh, it's believed to be the dagger used to kill Julius Caesar. Must use the mm. Hata technique to combine at least three blades. Must be between eight and ten inches long. And must have a wasp waist and be at least two inches wide at the base. So the wasp waist means it kind of like comes in and, and then it kind of goes back out. Yep. It's, it's, it gets a little skinnier and then goes back out. And as I was taking notes... I did not know what the Hata technique was. So that's a good blade speak, right? Yeah. Impromptu blade speak. <laughs> the Hata technique, from what Forge and Fire said, was when you take multiple pieces of the same type of steel and forge weld them together. So you won't necessarily get a different pattern, but it's just mm -hmm. a way of using scrap steel and stuff to kind of right. combine it, but not in a necessarily a canister Damascus sort right. of way. Was it scrap steel or was it like three knives? Like so, these were like existing knives on oh, the same steel. That's right. They they used knives that were like leftover knives from people's first rounds from previous yeah. shows and had right. to combine those. So it's kind of like the fossil Damascus, except that it's not Damascus. It's not different steels. It's all the same steel. Yeah. 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 Um, so Will makes a point to say that if anyone misses a parameter, it's grounds for immediate termination without deliberation. Like expresses okay. this. So Chris mm. immediately goes, someone's going to blow the parameters. Yep. Immediately. Yeah. Um, they get into the round. All of them go for smashing handles off of these old blades instead of just cutting the blade part off. Mm. The logic was that they wanted more of the metal from these prior blades. But it was noted, like, you're spending all this time and energy to get the handles off. Just, like, just chop it off. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pat tries to find blades that are already fairly flat and about the same size. And Alex has that similar technique, also tries to find blades that are flat and the same size. 
Uh, Kevin ends up with about an inch and a half cube. Oh, yeah. It was tiny. It was tiny. Um, so where they're all, like, getting these flat knives, he's got a cube. Like, he's, he cut a bunch of pieces. Yeah. And, like, stacked them. And the, but that's just the shape that he ended right. up going with. So he draws it out, and then he realizes that he may not have enough material. Even though Dave Baker mentions that, like, right out of the gate when he sees this little cube. He's like, he's not going to have enough. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> at least, you know, TV time. It seemed that way. Um, Mike is having a hard time setting his welds. When he thinks they're set, he goes to the press, and he does it on the side. So he presses down, and it just pops right. them wide open. Oh, yeah. Um. Will mentions that Pat's looks a bit undersized. How can he see that from so far away? A bit undersized. <laughs> yeah, you know, until we can see how big the foraging area actually is, it's tough to understand how close they are together. And they make it seem like this huge, huge area. But I feel like with TV, a lot of times, or even like if you look at pictures of houses and stuff online and you see pictures of rooms, they oh, yeah. always look way bigger in the picture than they are in real life. Yeah. So there's some there's some trickery going on there. I think they get, are a little closer than it seems. Okay. When you're talking fractures of inches, though, I can't tell even where Sean is if something's a fraction of right inches too small. Right here. <laughs> I've lost track of where I was. <laughs> uh, right okay. here, Pat's blade. Pat's blade is rather pointy for Apugio. He acknowledges that it's thin and works on stretching the material he has rather than adding more. So he just tries to like hammer it out to make it a little wider. Mm. Uh, Kevin welds more steel onto the end of his to make a tang right at the juncture between the business end and the end of the user. Yeah, so he had just a blade with no beginning of a tang or anything, and then he welded this on as the tang. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Alex's profile is looking good, and he's feeling all right. A bit later, he finds a D-lamb in the tang and cuts it off. Kevin goes for the quench and only half of it hardens, or so he claims. After the second quench, Ben notes that Kevin is not really waiting long enough before he's testing it. Kevin quenches four times altogether. Yeah, oh, my man. man. I was like, oh no. <laughs> so then they go for testing. Mike has a good looking blade. Kevin, uneven grind. The tip is not centered, so while this thing is supposed to, you know, it's kind of like off like that. Mm. Uh, noted where the weld is on, you know, the tang juncture. Mm -hmm. Alex, well done besides the tang being a bit short. However, it's still in parameters. Pat is not. Does not meet parameters. Only one and seven eighths inches instead of two. Yeah. Ooh. At the base, it had to be two inches wide and he got screwed by an eighth of an inch. Because he was grinding to make it sharp and look nice and he mm. ground just the tiniest bit off. And that's the thing that I'm questioning. How <laughs> from that far away, you're going to call an eighth of an inch. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I, it was, that was a tough one. But anyway, our good friend, yeah. former interviewee of our show, Pat, Pat. gets the boot. Now a word from our sponsors. This video is sponsored by Forged, a Jason Knight Maker series. What's that all about? Oh, that is the new series by Jason Knight that is available through his website, 
where Jason gives you tips and tricks and lessons on how to make the elemental knife, in his words, the the forge-style knives that he likes to make. Forge to sharp, as he would say. Um, It's a great video series that he's put together. Currently, you can purchase it on his website, and there's six videos to watch in the first six parts of the series. There's going to be exclusive content available on the site as well, coming soon. And if you want to purchase it, you can go to nightforgestudio.com to see where this is and, and purchase it. Is there a promo code? As a matter of fact, there is. Hey. If you go on this Nightforge Studio and use coupon code FOF15, FOF15, you can get $15 discounted from the price of this video series. Nice. So go on there. If you really want to check out these videos, listen, we have the views on the other video that we did with Jason Knight to kind of prove that we know you like them. People like watching Jason Knight work. This video series is all about Jason Knight doing his work and making some badass knives. Learn from a master smith. Exactly. It's it's really, if you think about it, you're learning these lessons from a master smith. It's it's a bargain. Yeah. So check out the video series and uh, don't forget to use the promo code FOF15 to save $15 on your purchase of the Forge Jason Knight Maker Series videos. Be a maker. Go check it out. And we are back with round two. Sean, you're up. All right. So they have to attach handles plus a medallion in the handle, a guard and a pommel. And Wells says the immediate dismissal without deliberation line again. Oh, yeah. So Kevin starts by working uh, by getting the tip centered. Alex welds on more material to make the tang longer, uh, then dips it in water to cool it off. And the judges flip a shit. Immediately. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex fits all the pieces and glues them on, then drills the holes for the pins. This is the same guy. Mm-hmm. He just like yeah. tipped it, dipped it in water, and now he's going to drill holes. They nicely hardened after it, so the fact. Mm-hmm. Breaks the weld he had just made inside the handle. He dismantles the back end of the handle to be able to weld the tank back on. Then Mike has a hole in the wood part of the handle, so he covered the whole thing with epoxy. And by covered the whole thing, the whole handle <laughs> yeah. with epoxy, the whole outside nice. of the handle. Yeah. Uh, Kevin's is Kevin is gluing strips of leather uh, as his handle, yep. and Mike is having issues with the medallion and ends up using a large pin. Yeah, so he found the largest pin he could, yeah. and put that as the center pin. Whereas the other guys took something with a diameter similar to this and then managed right. to attach them. Yeah. So moving on to testing, there's a shield stab and chop. So for Alex, the tip broke off, um, and there's sharp corners where the wood meets the brass. He has a good shape, and the edge held up well. For Kevin, the tip broke off and lost a piece of the edge. The leather handle wrap held up. Oh, his handle. Well, before you go any further... It was not looking so hot, if you ask me. And then he was he, he was running out of time, so he he wrapped it in leather. It's and like then a mummy. Did, and did epoxy on it, I think. After that, right? I don't know if he did epoxy after, or if there was just so much epoxy. But it wasn't just leather was wrapping. Wrap. There was there were scales of some kind. He had put some was type it? of handle on it, but it wasn't because mm. oh, he had, had the medallion on something, and so he wrapped 
it didn't it was very uneven so he wrapped like around the medallion parts with leather and that's what the handle ended up being uh-huh. it was functional yeah and then finally from mike he's being called out in a lack of a medallion yeah, yeah. they already <laughs> tested the other two and then right. doug's like this isn't a medallion <laughs> so they examine it and mike gets the boot yes unfortunately mike did get the boot and we move on to round three, where our contestants had to make the barbarian spatha, mm. which was used by the Roman Empire. It had to be uh, 27 to 29 inches long from guard to tip, have a medial ridge, and be double-edged. And it must have a... Anyway, they had to have a disc pommel. So, for Kevin, day one, he forged the rump shape of his blade... Day two, he finishes the shaping and quenches where he picks up a bend, but he decides it'd be better to temper it overnight mm-hmm. and see what happens. Right. And on day three, you find out the blade straightened out in the tempering, and he spends the rest of the day working on making a fancy handle. He hand carves a lion head out of an antler and then sets in a glow-in-the-dark resin and covers it with epoxy. It was kind of neat. Yeah. And they didn't show anything for day four. For Alex, he wants to start off on day one making a ladder Damascus, but one of his seams comes apart as he's welding it all together, and he just can't get it to work, so he breaks at the weak spot and just goes with a random Damascus pattern instead. For day two, his goal was to complete and quench the blade, and then on day four, he had etched the blade overnight in coffee, so it had a very nice pop mm-hmm. to those different layers, and he finished the handle. And they go back to the forge for the kill test, which was the ballistic stummy kill test. For Alex, the skull basically explodes on the first yeah. strike. Like, Doug just comes down on it and this goes, boom. It just, there's blood, skull nice. pieces, chunks everywhere. Yeah. It will kill. And then for Kevin, Doug stops, takes some time to examine the blade. Something's wrong here. He walks over to the judge's. There's no medial ridge on this thing. There's no medial ridge on this thing. He comes back because it was missing the ridge. Kevin was booted, and Alex ends up winning. He made a super awesome blade, and he... So, Your attention to detail? Will starts talking about his attention to detail, you know, making this really, really nice blade. Right. He's the only one that met parameters in every single round. Yeah, that was an interesting... He did make fact. an amazing blade. Yeah. It looked so great. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good point that Teresa pointed out. Is he was the only one who met parameters in every round for this episode, so he won. Hey, there you go. But it was a great blade. Congratulations. I think he could have still won oh, I either think, way. I yeah. think he probably was still going to win either way, but it was good. So congratulations, Alex. Congratulations to everyone that competed, including friend of the show, Pat Biggin. Yep. Um, Thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will catch you next time.